It's uncommon to come across corners quite as quirky as Coney Island. It's a hypnotic haven away from the hustle and bustle of the big city nearby. Nestled in a breathtaking bay in Brooklyn, it's your best bet if you're looking for a beach far beyond any you've ever been to before. Join me as we jump on the train on a quest to uncover unconventional yet classic Coney Island on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. Hello, 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 my amigos, and welcome to this, I can't believe it, it is the 30th episode of the second season. Now, I'm horrible at math. Remember, we say to be good at something or to be bad at something. Dominarlo o no hacerlo muy bien. But that means two seasons, 30 episodes per season. That's 60 episodes. And if you're a patron and you get bonus episodes, that's 120 episodes of FYI so far. I hope you guys are enjoying the ride and all the different topics we've been tackling. And remember, let me know topics that you'd love to hear in the third season. I can't believe it as I say that. The third season of FYI. And the last time I checked, we had over 125,000 downloads in the first year and i owe it all to you and i owe it all to you i had the time of my life and we're gonna have the time of our life on today's show as we discover Coney Island, one of my favorite places in New York, and it's a place that people seldom visit. When I say uh, people, I mean tourists, and seldom is rara vez. And it's because it's not exactly in the middle of Manhattan. It's a hop, skip, and a jump. Well, let's say a hop, skip, and a jump means it's close. I think it's close. Obviously, it's always relative. But some people think that this is off the beaten path. Está un poco apartado. But I'll tell you right now, and if if you hopefully you'll you'll believe it by the end of the episode, you have to go to Coney Island if you go to New York City. It's a must. Because yeah, it's part of New York, it's part of Brooklyn, but it is as original as original gets. As always, we'll start by taking a look at the intro and seeing what awesome vocabulary we can extract from it. Now, we started out with the sound of a boardwalk. And this is a very logical word in English. A boardwalk is estos paseos marítimos hecho de tabla. They're made out of wooden boards. It kind of makes sense. I'm sure you know there's a famous series called Boardwalk Empire. Now that's not about the Coney Island boardwalk. That's about the Atlantic City boardwalk, which we could do an episode on that as well. It's very interesting being that it's full of casinos. But no, no, we're talking about the Coney Island area and of course 
its boardwalk, which in fact they call the Fifth Avenue of Coney Island. And of course, if you have a boardwalk, that will attract beachgoers. And beachgoers are people who frequent or go to the beach. So are you guys ready? That's right. It's an amusement park with a beach, food, games, and tons of interesting history. Let's take a look. It's uncommon, obviously common is común, uncommon is poco común, to come across, come across, encontrar sin querer, I think you say topar con, corners son esquinas o rincones quite as quirky. Now, quite as is tan, y la palabra quirky es estrafalario, poco convencional, and I think that's the perfect adjective to describe Coney Island. You'll never find a corner that's quite as quirky. I can't even say it because it's a tongue twister. That's quite as quirky as Coney Island. Then I said it's a hypnotic haven. And I guess you can understand the word hypnotic. Hypnotico, I think you say in Spanish. And a haven is un refugio. This is careful with this word. I've seen a lot of students mix up the word heaven, el cielo, el paraíso, with haven. They're similar, similar ideas. They're both places where you feel great, where you feel comfortable, but they're different. Heaven is the one we talk about when we talk about religion, but we also use it. Estoy en el paraíso. I'm in heaven. But when we talk about a safe place, a shelter, we talk about a haven. And it's away from, lejos de, apartado de, the hustle and bustle, el ajetreo of the big city nearby. And nearby is a preposition that means cerca. Se puede decir near or nearby. I don't know why, but we love this one, nearby and close by. They both mean very, very close. Now, you probably recognize this next word, Nestle right? Nestle, como el chocolate, Nestle chocolate. Well, no, the word is nestle, and the word I used was nestled. So if something is nestled somewhere, está recogido, eh, enclavado, it's nestled. I think of a, a little mountain town. When I think of nestled, I think of el escorial. It's nestled in the mountains. Well, this is nestled along the shore in a breathtaking Taking Bay. Breathtaking es que te quita la respiración porque es tan asombroso in Brooklyn, of course. And Brooklyn itself is a unique place. Then I said, it's your best bet. Esto es una frase muy nativa para decir tu mejor opción. If you're looking for a beach far beyond, mucho más allá, any you've ever been to before. So mucho más, mucho más allá que cualquier que hayas estado antes. I don't know if I could fit any more B's and C's in those two sentences. And I finished up saying, join me as we jump on the train. Remember in the subway episode, we talked about jumping on the train, subiéndote al tren, or jumping in the shower, metiéndote en la ducha. It's not just saltar. So we'll jump on the train on a quest, cruzada, to uncover unconventional yet classic 
Coney Island. And guys, I think I'm all out of C's and B's. Se me acabaron todas las C's y B's. Now let's start off with Coney Island's nickname, su apodo. It's called America's Playground. Eso es, el parque de los Estados Unidos, de América. America's Playground. And this was before you had Disney or any of these things, any of these big theme parks that you have. You had Coney Island. And we'll find out that ride history, la historia de las atracciones, uh, goes back to Coney Island, the roller coaster. Yeah, we're going to learn a lot about some of the historic rides that are still there, but they're a lot more expensive than they were due to inflation. And you know what? Sigmund Freud, the famous psychiatrist, psychiatrist is psicologo. We can also say, well, no, psiquiatra, I think you would say, but you can also say shrink. And supposedly he once said, and I quote, the only thing about America that interests me is Coney Island. Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> As I said, it is a place that just has a little bit of everything, from beaches to cool off, rides, games, foods, aquariums, and we're going to discover it all today. But we need to uncover the first myth here. It's not really an island. Nope. Coney Island is a peninsula. But that's okay. I mean, it just wouldn't sound the same. Coney Peninsula. Yeah, we'll stick with, nos quedamos con Coney Island. So where did it all start? As always, we look at some of the history. And an explorer named Giovanni da Verenzano. Now, anybody in New York will know this guy, even if they don't know what he discovered, because there's a famous bridge in New York called the Verenzano Bridge. So this is a name that people know in New York, even if they don't know his whole resume, his whole biography, they're familiar with the name Verenzano. And he was the first European explorer to see the island of Narioc. Now, Narioc was the original name of this area. And these were expeditions that he did uh, in 1527 and 1529. So that was the first European contact with that area. Then he was followed by someone who really explored that area to the fullest, someone named Henry Hudson. It might ring a bell uh, due to our famous Hudson River in New York City, which is named after Henry Hudson. And then the Dutch established their colony there, as you guys remember in maybe the Times Square episode, or maybe it was the Central Park episode, New York used to be called New Amsterdam. And so this was in the early 17th century. Then the Native American population, which was there, started to dwindle. To dwindle is to go down. And the Dutch started kind of taking over the area. Many of you guys know this story. And supposedly, present-day Brooklyn was purchased. Purchase es lo que usamos para compras grandes in 1645 from Native Americans in exchange for, are you ready? A gun, a blanket, and a kettle. Una tetera. They got Brooklyn for that. That's pretty crazy. Let's look at it this way. The Indians were there first, the Native Americans, as we call them. Then the Europeans came. Then the Dutch settled it. 
But Coney Island as a resort, as a destination, didn't experience its peak, uh, su momento más alto, su pico, I think you would say, during the transition from the 19th century into the 20th century. So as we would say, at the turn of the century. And there were three major parks. And when I say parks, I don't mean parks where you sit on a bench. I mean parks with rides. Perhaps one of the most famous parks was Steeplechase. And we're going to talk about Steeplechase a little bit later on. This one opened in 1897. Then Luna Park opened in 1903. And this is another one that is a classic. And the last one, Dreamland, opened in 1904. And these three parks and their rides and their shows kept this place booming all throughout the turn of the century. But it wasn't exactly open for everybody. Believe it or not, Coney Island was clicky. Uh, clicky means uh, exclusivo. A click is un grupito. So if it's clicky, it means just exclusive groups go there. And so uh, crowds now uh, come from all over, as I said before, and it's free. But in the early days, you had to pay 10 cents to a quarter, depending, and you would get a private bathhouse and you would get access to this exclusive beach and your own private bathhouse. So not just anybody could go to Coney Island. First, you needed the money to get in. And secondly, well, if it was full, you weren't going to get in either. And I'm going to be brutally honest with you, as I always am here on the show. Uh, Coney Island exclusive beach? I don't think so. <laughs> you would never hear those two words in the same sentence nowadays. It just, unless you're saying Coney Island isn't an exclusive beach. You can see people from all walks of life there as people roam the beach freely. But be forewarned, prevenido, not all beaches in the United States are free. Many beaches you have to pay to get on. I mean, it's not very much money, but you have to pay to get on the beach. I remember that some of the beaches down at the Jersey Shore, it cost like uh, two or three dollars when I was a kid to get on the beach. So that's a, that's a good thing. Coney Island, okay, it wasn't always free, but it's free now. Oh, and when I said I was going to be brutally honest with you, what I mean is the beach is pretty disgusting. The water is disgusting. Uh, it's not what I would consider beautiful water. And it's not just me. They did some tests and they realized that Coney Island has the third most contaminated beach in New York City. So that's not good. That's not good. And I knew it too. I remember being there as a kid and looking at the water and being like, this water is like brown. Okay, I know it's the Atlantic and all of that stuff, but I guess I'm spoiled. <laughs> I guess I'm spoiled from going to Spanish beaches, which are just crystal clear. The water is clear. You can see your feet. So I just want to give you a little disclaimer. If you're expecting that at Coney Island, 
guess again. <laughs> Don't expect a Caribbean beach or one of the beautiful beaches in Cadiz. It's not the same. Coney Island gets its uh, its draw, su atracción, lo que atrae, from other things. And that's what we're going to discover here. People don't go to Coney Island nowadays because the beach is quote-unquote beautiful. In fact, as I said, the water is extremely polluted. But again, people were not just going to Coney Island to go swimming. There was so much more to do at Coney Island. Oh, and then another boom came in 1920. And why? Well, that's when the subway was expanded and it reached Coney Island. So that started bringing people from everywhere. For a subway fare, subway fare is el precio del metro, you could get to this amazing beach and spend an awesome day with your family, having hot dogs, riding roller coasters, and taking a dip. So, my translation here is, sorry rich people, Coney Island became open for everyone in 1920. If you could afford a ride on the subway, you could go to Coney Island, and I think that's awesome. However, it wasn't until 1923 that the city built the boardwalk. And as I told you before, this was just a turning point. Un antes y un después. This is what made people flock here from everywhere, all over the United States. In fact, it got the attention of Sigmund Freud and so many other people. And remember, in the bonus part of the show, there's a bonus part for patrons. We'll take a look at Coney Island in pop culture. We'll also look at the yellow submarine that's at Coney Island. What? The yellow submarine? Yeah, well, it has nothing to do with the Beatles' yellow submarine, but there is a yellow submarine. We'll also look at the Al Capone connection and the Polar Bear Club and other activities that go on all year round at quirky Coney Island. All that in the bonus part. And remember, guys, if you want access to the bonus part, all you have to do is become a patron. You can check out the page at patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso to get more info, but you can get bonus audio. You can get PDFs with all the vocabulary and expressions so you can follow along, and you can even get weekly and monthly classes with me. Think about joining our curious community over at Patreon. Again, it's patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. And this is a good time to send a shout out to my producers. That's right. My producers are my patrons. A shout out to all of you guys. Thank you for an amazing two seasons. And here's to our third season coming up. So a nice shout out to all my patrons, especially my super duper students, Javier, Francisco, Tony, Roberto, Jose Maria, Mila, Alex, Patricio, Edgar and Loles. And my interstellar students, Francisco, Diego, Carmen, and Pilar. And now we're going to take a look at my favorite part of Coney Island, and that's the rides. You guys know me. I love rides. Remember, there's an episode on amusement parks if you want to learn more vocabulary. But let's take a look at these rides because these are historic rides. Some of them have become national landmarks. 
The first one is the parachute jump. Now, this is a defunct ride. Defunct means it's no longer open. Ya no está abierto. But this ride was initially built for the 1939 New York World's Fair, La Expo, which took place in Queens. And, well, it's this amazing structure that looks like the Eiffel Tower. In fact, they nicknamed it the Eiffel Tower of Brooklyn. But you're thinking, wait, you just told us that it was in Queens at the World's Fair. Well, once the World's Fair was over, they decided, we can't let this thing go to waste. This thing is awesome. It's a symbol. I mean, it's our very own Eiffel Tower. So in 1941, after the World's Fair, it was moved to its current location, the Steeplechase Amusement Park. As I said, that's one of the most famous ones, and we'll look at why throughout this episode. But in the 1960s, when the park was in disrepair and, well, they had a lot of financial problems, real estate problems, it ceased operations. Cesar, you use the same word. And it closed. And the, fla- the, the frame, the frame is La Estructura, it fell into disrepair. However, they fixed it up and it's still there. Now, it's not a functioning ride, but the tower is still there. And it is a symbol of not just Coney Island, but a symbol of Brooklyn. The next one has its own movie. The Wonder Wheel. If you've seen this movie, it's a movie which is by Woody. Uh, what's his name? I was going to say Woody Allen. Yeah, Woody Allen. Uh, even I think Woody Harrelson, but <laughs> I'm getting my Woody's mixed up. Uh, so Woody Allen, the famous New York director. If you haven't seen this movie, it's actually a really nice movie. The cinematography is beautiful. And maybe you'll recognize some of the, the different things that we talked about in this episode. So the Wonder Wheel has an amazing story and I guess that's why Woody Allen decided he had to tell that story but he didn't necessarily tell this story you're going to hear this here the movie will tell a different love story let's go back to the year 1948 Greek immigrant Danos Varders gave his future wife Lula what every woman dreams of getting on her wedding day a Ferris wheel Of course. What? Are you kidding me? My wife never asked me for a Ferris wheel for her wedding present. Yeah, una noria? Sounds nice. A 46-meter high Ferris wheel in the heart of Coney Island. Well, he promised her. He said that if you marry me, I will buy this for you as soon as I am able to do it. So, He was a hot dog vendor at first. Alguien que vendió hot dogs. Little by little, he kept saving money, saving money, saving his pennies, as we say, for a rainy day. And Danos kept his word. He bought his wife the Ferris wheel that he had promised her. This was, are you ready for this? It first opened in 1920. That's when it opened. In 1948 is when he promised it to her. And in 1983 is when he finally gave it to her. So there's a a lesson. There's a moral there. First, keep your promises, even if it takes a long time. He got her the Ferris wheel. And the story has a lovely twist at the end, too. To keep this tradition alive, uh, the ride is now run 
by his son, Steve. And it continues to be a place where people propose to each other, where people pop the question, the wonder wheel. Man, it's so much more than just a Ferris wheel. And remember, we're going to look at some more movies that reference the Wonder Wheel and Coney Island in general in the bonus part of today's show. Now, we couldn't talk about Coney Island without talking about the Cyclone. Now, many of you guys know I'm a roller coaster enthusiast, and I've been on a lot of coasters in my day, but I have not been on a coaster as scary, as rickety as the Cyclone. This coaster is a must. Now, I'm going to tell you it's about 10 bucks at the time of this recording. It's 10 bucks for a ride on this mega coaster. Well, it's not really. That's the thing. It's not a mega coaster. But I've experienced more G's and more fear on that roller coaster than on King Ka, which is the, the tallest coaster in the world. So this is a coaster worth riding. Yeah, shell out the 10 bucks. It's worth it. Remember, shell out is pagarlo, soltarlo. I've ridden the Cyclone, phew, I don't remember how many times, but it is still the scariest coaster that I have ever ever been on and it's been there since 1927 i mean that is historic it was one of the first wooden coasters in the united states but going further back in history a man named lamarcus thompson had a coaster there before the cyclone so we could say if you're a coaster lover this is sacred ground now this was called the switchback railway and this was one of the first coaster-like rides in the united states and what i'm getting at a lo que voy is all of a sudden coney island became the place the testing grounds for new fun rides and lamarcus thompson we couldn't talk about the modern day roller coaster without talking about Lamarcus Thompson. So Coney Island was his testing ground. It's where he played and, of course, where he made history. But just a heads up, the cyclone is not for the faint of heart. Que no es apto para cardiacos. If you get dizzy, si te mareas, I wouldn't go on the cyclone. You could take a walk and get a wiener. A hot dog at the most famous hot dog stand in the world, Nathan's Hot Dogs. Now, if you guys remember in the 4th of July episode, we talked about Nathan's Hot Dogs, the famous Nathan's, where they have the 4th of July contest, where they have that, that eating contest. Uh, as you know, the reigning champion, Joey Chestnut. Yeah, this guy's like a celebrity in the United States. And my wife, as I told you, I'm not going to repeat it too much in case you heard that episode already, but my wife is a hot dog connoisseur, and she still dreams about that hot dog that she had at Nathan's, and it's still there. Now, it's a bit more expensive, as I said. The prices have gone up quite a bit. Uh, if you want to ride the Cyclone, grab a Nathan's hot dog, it's going to cost a little more than it did uh, at the turn of the century, for example. But 
It's well worth it. Another thing that Coney Island is famous for is its sideshows. Now, not so much anymore, but back in the day, people used to go there from all over the world to see the bearded lady, the lion man, the octopus man. You know, they had all these quote unquote freaks of nature and they would put them on display and you would pay a nickel, cinco centimos, to go see the bearded lady. So Coney Island has always had like this darker side too. Uh, And I'm sure you guys know the word sideshow from The Simpsons, sideshow Bob. No es el circo, es el show que viene al lado, que es un poco más quirky, estrafalario. Again, bringing it back to why Coney Island is Coney Island. And... Maybe the beach is not your thing, the rides, maybe you don't want a hot dog. Well, you can cool off over at the local aquarium. That's right, you can make a splash, causar una sensación, if you remember that expression, we've looked at it before, at the New York Aquarium, which is located in Coney Island. And they've got an awesome mural painted on the wall. But you want me to be dead honest with you? I've never been there. Every time I go to Coney Island, I go right for the rides. I go for Nathan's, the freak shows, and just walking around the boardwalk, people watching. Esto es un deporte americano. Esto es observar a la gente. And that's another pastime that you can do at Coney Island. But right now, we're going to take a quick break before we get into the bonus part of today's show. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Al Capone connection, the Cary Grant connection, the famous Mermaid Parade, and so much more in the bonus part of today's FYI. FYI. 